on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies. And today, my guest is the czar of noir and the host of Turner Classic Movies Noir Alley, Eddie Muller. Welcome back to the show, Eddie. Good to be back, Jan. Thank it's, you. Thank you for inviting me back. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, I always love uh, having you on the show. We always have great conversations. Uh, and today, we're going to talk about your film festival. It's the 18th year uh, of the San Francisco. Francisco Film Noir Festival, and this year, you is it the second time you are featuring, it's an international film noir, is that correct? That is correct, yeah. It's the, it is the second time we've done this, and uh, it's uh, near and dear to my heart. I'm, I'm really excited about it. You, tell me why it's near and dear to your heart. I think it's kind of fascinating. I, I mean, I have lots of questions for you, but why is it near and dear to your heart? Well, when I started doing this, this is the 18th year we've done this festival in San Francisco. I've actually been programming specifically noir film festivals longer than that. Uh, it'll be the 22nd year that I've done it in Los Angeles coming up. Wow. Um, but, you know, I, I all of this started because of my interest in film noir. And when I wrote my first book on the subject, which is over 20 years ago now, um, I, I did envision this or, or comprehend this as a particularly American style and an American art artistic movement, if you will. Uh, but over the course of programming films for so many years, I have come to realize that that was not actually true, that these same kinds of movies were made all over the world. Not as many of them, of course, as came out of Hollywood. Um, but they were everywhere. And I just, I find that so fascinating. And it, to me, it's so interesting to compare how different cultures tell essentially the same stories, that this is something um, really that's of great interest to me now. It's really, when it comes to being the czar of noir, mm-hmm. well, um, this is really where my, my greatest interest lies right now is exploring noir in other cultures and relating it to what was done in the United States. Fairly interesting. What I want to know is, was was there a parallel with other countries at the same time that we were doing film noir here? Like, wh- where did film noir begin? Uh, was it mostly Hollywood to begin with? That's question number one. And number two, then, when did other countries uh, start to do film noir, or did they start doing it around the same time? Was this something like the collective consciousness of movie making wrapped around film noir? It's a good question. There are many um, progenitors, if you will, of film noir. We think of it as American because yes. that's where the, that's where the movement uh, that that's where all the major elements combined. Um, the the types of stories, more of those were written in America than anywhere else, and and most of those came out of a tradition, what became a tradition, of hard-boiled crime fiction from the 1930s that by the 40s Hollywood had figured out how to adapt it to the screen. And of course, many, many filmmakers who were working in Hollywood had come from other parts of the world uh, because situations at home were not conducive to independent thought. Uh, So a lot of a lot of filmmakers from Germany, which was, you know, Berlin was always Hollywood's rival as the film capital of the world. And when the Nazis took over, uh, so many of those directors emigrated to America and became very, very influential in creating the film noir 
movement. But there are lots of movies dating all the way back to the silent era that you can see as being sort of noir, but they're not part of a movement. It wasn't the, that didn't happen until Hollywood in the 1940s. But you can clearly see these same types of films being made in other cultures. There might not have been a full scale um movement like there was in Hollywood, but I, I don't want to overlook these other films. For, for example, in, in San Francisco, we'll be showing um, a Swedish film from 1938 starring Ingrid Bergman called A Woman's Face, that it has very much noir elements to it. It was remade in Hollywood a few years later with Joan Crawford in the lead instead of Bergman. There's a film from Mexico in 1943, uh, the American title of which is Another Dawn, that is very much a film noir, um, made in 1943. I mean, that's very contemporaneous with what was going on in Hollywood. And uh, so where I think you can see parallels all around the world simultaneous with what we now consider the film noir movement, um, it may not have because other other countries weren't producing as many movies. You know, Buenos Aires and, uh, and Tokyo and these places, they didn't have you know, eight major movie studios uh, producing films. But trust me, these movies were being made there. How did you find these movies? Was it difficult? Because you you have, I mean, many, 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 many countries represented. Uh, and we left and we show. left a lot out because um, it's it's um, it's not difficult. Um, because over time now, I've been doing this long enough that, you know, people find me, mm -hmm. uh, they say, have you, have you seen this film? You know, this is, I, this is a wonderful example of noir from Czechoslovakia, from Italy, you know, uh, so it's not hard to find the films, getting the films and being, and making sure they're of a good enough quality to screen on a gigantic movie screen at the Castro Theater, that is a bit more challenging. Okay, so... I, I, could, I, could, I could bore you to tears, Jack, telling you the, the, the tales of what it sometimes uh, takes to get these films uh, up on the screen. I, I, I think we did touch on that a little bit last year, um, uh, how difficult it sometimes is. But you have the Film Noir Foundation, and, and uh, you... Tell us a little bit more about that and what you do with that, with your film foundation. Well, it's interesting because this answer dovetails with the question you just asked. The Film Noir Foundation was created in 2005. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was specifically created to become a nonprofit so that I could gain access to film archives around the world. When I realized I couldn't always find a print of a movie I wanted to show in this country, I could get access to film archives around the world if I had a, a, a foundation that was doing nonprofit work to somehow benefit cinema. So initially it was just I did it because I wanted to get the movies. But then I realized, wow, we actually are making money doing this and I can put the money, reinvest the money in rescuing and restoring films that would otherwise be lost. So, um, for example, this year on opening night in San Francisco, we will show two movies from Argentina made in 1952 and 53 by the same filmmaker, uh, Roman Vignoli Barreto is his name, and they're fantastic examples of film noir. Uh, and those movies would have been completely lost had we not been able to locate them through a wonderful colleague of mine in Argentina, Fernando Martin Payne. And and we have restored those films and will be premiering them uh, 
you know, that's the way I look at it. It's kind of a re-premiere because they're now freshly restored. Um, and, and it's it's terrific. It's ter- as far as I know, we're like one of the only film festivals in the world that does this, that like takes the profit from the festivals and reinvests them in films that would otherwise be missing. What? Uh, it's, it's good. Yeah, I would say what a wonderful thing to be doing, you know. Um, and I'm sure, as you said, that wasn't the, what you thought about initially. But it's great how that has evolved, and uh, and that you're able to do this, and and again continue continue for uh, the wonderful fans of film noir to be able to see films they might not have been able to see, and to preserve these films. It's so important, so important to be able to do. I that. I, I, I agree, and I hope that um, you know it's a big world. I'm hoping that a lot of there are hardcore noir fans to whom film noir means Humphrey Bogart and Robert Mitchum. And, uh, you know, that that's it, right? It's an American thing, and there's a certain look to it and a certain feel to it. Uh, but I'm hoping these people will be adventurous enough to uh, travel along with me on this little round-the-world excursion showing you what that looks like in other countries, uh, which I think is endlessly fascinating. Oh, I think it would be. I, I definitely think it would be to get the different perspectives uh, from various countries of how, you know, th- their storylines. I mean, the way you've described the movies, I mean, I'm going, oh, wow, that sounds really great. <laughs> that sounds like a wonderful <laughs> one. I can't wait to see right. that, you know. Yeah. And you just did a fabulous, you did a fabulous job with it. One that really looks into, now this one is not subtitled, it is English, but it was fascinating. Um, Never Let Go with Peter Sellers. Who would have guessed Peter Sellers was in a film noir movie? Not only in a film noir movie, but he's the villain. He's the villain and, of all things. And he, and he is not in the least bit humorous. Uh, it, it was quite a, you know, he was stepping outside his comfort zone, as they like to say. And uh, the movie is something of a revelation for people who have never seen Peter Sellers not being goofy, not being Inspector Clouseau or uh, you know Chauncey Gardner and being there, you know, because he's a comedic genius. But this this movie just showed uh, what his range was like and and how interesting it is when you tweak certain things a little bit and you shoot it a certain way and it's not funny. I mean, he's he's still Peter Sellers, but it, it he's very very scary in this movie. And uh, I, I'm happy we're showing that. That was not. A, that was one of those not easy ones to get. And why so, was that? Why was that, Eddie? Why was it not easy to get? Uh, the movie has been released on a DVD a while ago, but it was not of sufficient quality to hold up on a big movie screen. So we uh, we ended up finding an original print of the film in 35 millimeter at the British Film Institute. Um, and it just took a lot of back and forth to figure out, is th- is this print good enough to, to show? And I like to show film whenever I can. It's, it's you know, it's getting harder right. and harder all the time. And quite honestly, when you do an international festival, there's so much shipping involved um, that on, on occasion, I, I will say, let's just show the digital version uh you know instead of shipping a 35 millimeter print halfway around the world 
um, you know, we can just get a DCP or in some cases even just have the movie downloaded into the projection system, uh, which makes it a whole lot simpler. Yeah, life but is still, yeah. But still rooting through. It, it's fascinating, Jan. I mean, if you your, your show, you know, says, you know, behind the scenes of the movie business. <laughs> so I've mm-hmm. done if you want to go behind the scenes, I'll tell you, it's, people don't really understand how how much goes in to just putting on a, a movie show. Uh, if you're not showing the latest thing that is done with the latest technology and the satellite transmission of the new Star Wars movie into the theater, you know, this is now, if you want to show old movies, you're frequently dealing with getting it in a form that the average theater cannot deal with. And you've got to figure out if, if that you can handle that print or if it's not a print, can we get this digitized somehow and who's going to do that and who owns the film and who's going to pay for it? And how are we going to do it? It it can get very, very complicated, you know, trying to just get it to where an audience can see these movies. Daunting. I'm sure it's daunting at times. Uh, to, you know, you just this listening to that sounds like a, a lot of work goes into it, and I have lots more it questions. Is, it is a lot of work, but I would be lying to you if I didn't say that one of the great thrills of my life is is when it happens, and we get a full house at the Castro Theater, which is 1,400 people, wow. to be able to stand in the back of the theater and watch that movie appear on screen. And realize, yep, okay, that was that was great. And see an audience react to a movie they have not only not seen, but in many cases never even heard of. Um, it, it's tremendous. I, I, it's got to be incredibly rewarding, knowing how much went into it, and then to have that fabulous feedback. Um, it's, it is, and the the most, the, honestly, Jan, the most rewarding thing about it is that having done this now for for let's say twenty years, um, I I appreciate that I've established a level of trust with the audiences that they will come and watch a movie even if they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. That's you know, there, there are films. There are films we're showing in this in this festival that I'm certain people don't know about. I mean, the great thing about the internet now is that they're going to see the program and they're going to be able to immediately look these films up online and learn a little something about them. Although I would prefer they just come in cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Like I have no idea what we're about to see. But the thing that makes this successful is that even though you don't know the movie you know noir right you know you know enough about noir and the types of stories it is and the look of this and that they will get it they'll they'll say oh i see you know this is the way they do noir in japan this is the way they do noir in mexico this is Buenos Aires. This is the way noir looks in Paris and in Rome and in Poland, and uh, which I just find fascinating. Who, who knew that films that were supposed to be all about alienation are actually bringing people together because they're saying, oh, it's the same story everywhere. I get it. Oh, I see. <laughs> what a wonderful thing to be doing, and you're right. It's timely right now. If you were just tuning in, you're listening to The Jam Price Show All About Movies, and my guest today is the czar of noir, and uh, Turner Classic Movies host of Noir Alley, 
Eddie Muller, and we're talking about uh, Noir City International, uh, the San Francisco Film Noir Festival, coming up. What are the dates, Eddie? For the, the 24th, 24th of January to the 2nd of February. Wonderful. Which, of course, is, which of course is as it often is, we end on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh no! <laughs> no, don't don't worry about it. Is that good? I I I I know how to market this stuff. We do like uh, you know we counter program. Um, th- those dates when have always been successful for us because it's it just works. I don't know all the whys and wherefores of why that late January time has been so good to us in San Francisco, but it has been, although very often it means we land on the last Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday, and I just program it like, if you hate football, Uh (laughs) here's something for you to do. Now, the fact of the matter is, I don't really hate football, so I'm, I'm like backstage watching the game on my phone or something, you know, Uh, but there are a lot of people who would just as soon be watching a movie on that day uh, as being home with yes. a bunch of football fans. So, exactly, exactly. So that, that that's that. Those are my people. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. And I, one of the things I'm, I'm when, that you said earlier about coming into seeing a movie cold—that's the way I like to go to the movies. I don't read reviews, even though I also do reviews. <laughs> Uh, I write reviews, and and uh, they run on radio and uh, television. But uh, I I like to go in cold and not know anything. You know, as little somebody will go, well, what's the movie about? I go, you know, I'm not, I, I I don't really know. I'm just going to go see it <laughs> because it sounds like it's going to be you know interesting. I mean, you know enough about it, but I think that's the best way to go. What what um what's out of all of the countries that you have represented, how many do? You, first of all, how many countries are represented in the film festival this year? At number one and number two, out of all of them, what, is there one country that, other than uh, our country, uh, that you feel that they really understood film noir and really knew how to do it well? <laughs> Obviously, that's France because uh-huh. they 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 gave it the name, right? I mean, film film noir uh-huh. is. French. So yes, the French uh, have an appreciation for this particular style. I would say that it exceeds any other country in the world, including the United States. Wow. Uh, but but I would say that of the films that we're there are two two countries where we're taking an entire day to show the films because on Saturdays we do matinee and evening shows, and so there are four different films that we show uh so and we're doing that for for france and for mexico uh because mexican cinema is absolutely extraordinary and not enough people really know this um so some of the greatest directors uh we're showing films by julio brajo uh, emilio fernandez and roberto gavaldon and they're tremendous filmmakers and the cinematography is as good if not better in some cases than what you get in hollywood Hollywood movies, particularly if the cinematographer is Gabriel Figueroa, who might be the greatest black and white cinematographer of all time. Uh, so the movies are absolutely spectacular. But it's very interesting because Argentina is a country that I've taken a great interest in just because its film history has been almost wiped clean. 
And I went there years ago and met my colleague, Fernando Pena, who has turned me on to so many extraordinary films that we have been able to get out of Argentina and restored uh, at the UCLA Film and Television Archive. I think we've done six of these now. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, not only are we restoring the film, in some cases we are restoring Argentina's legacy as a filmmaking country because there's just isn't much known about it and and the films didn't really get wide circulation in the rest of the world which is a shame because they're fantastic how exciting i mean you know for you to you know know that you're having a part in doing that and resurrecting um some lost films perhaps or or even the knowledge about uh, argentinian yeah. films it, it is it is exciting and it's it's interesting because this is nothing i ever envisioned for my Myself. I mean, I'm no. a writer. That's that's what I do. But but it's a weird thing, Jan. Where you know you just keep going and you kind of put one foot in front of the other. And yes. you, and every step of the way for me, it's been I can't believe somebody hasn't done this before. And then you kind of look around and you go, I guess it's me. I guess I'm the guy. You're the one. You're the guy. And uh, and that's take gotten me through the last twenty years. And you know, like like this gig on TCM. It's like I I used to watch Robert Osborne all the time on TCM, and it never occurred to me that I would be doing that one day. And then all of a sudden. It was like, hey, you want to do this show on TCM? And I'm like, yeah, you bet. Let's do yeah, it. What an amazing journey to get there, too. So, yeah, definitely. How many uh, – you do quite a few of these uh, film noir festivals all over. Um, how many are there that you put on each year? There are eight in the United States, and then um, – I, I do additional two or three things outside the United States, typically two or three every year outside the United States. And, and where do you do those usually, Eddie? Well, I get those aren't full on noir city film festivals. It's more like I am invited to come to existing film festivals to present a program of movies. So I'll do that um, in Bologna at the Il Cinema Ritrovato in Bologna in Italy. Uh, I've done that in Lyon in France. I've done it in Paris. I've done it in Argentina. I've done it in Mexico. Um, so, so when you ask, how do you find these films? That's that's part of how it works, right? I actually go to these places and say, so are there examples of film noir here? And that's how I've learned about so many of these films. That is so exciting. Now, this year, because you are doing it as you know an international, uh, the other film festivals that you're programming over the rest of the country, will they show the same films, or do you do different films for each festival? We'll figure that out. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, like, like Seattle. Well, it's interesting because in some cases there are there are cities in which we where we have been for a number of years, like Seattle and Los Angeles um, and Chicago, and then there are other venues that are newer, like Boston and Detroit, um, Austin, Texas. Uh, and in those cases, we may not, the, the more veteran festivals tend to follow what I do in San Francisco, whereas the newer festivals, it's like, well, you know, there's still this stuff that they haven't seen that I showed 10 years ago in San Francisco. So we may want to do that 
you know. Um, I, I, I collaborate with the programmers at these different venues to say, uh, I know the films, but you know your audience here. Exactly, exactly. Where can people get tickets? Our time is running out. I'm so okay. sorry, Eddie. Where can people get tickets for the San Francisco Film Noir Festival? They can go to noircity.com, N-O-I-R-C-I-T-Y.com, um, and that will lead you directly to, you'll see the entire program guide. There'll be links to go to the ticket service. Um, and and remember this, it's a 1,400-seat theater. So. Lots of tickets. So yeah. that's, there are a lot that's of tickets great. available. And even, even though we do tend to sell out on Fridays and Saturday nights and sometimes during the week, uh, you generally can, can get in just by showing up. Great. Well, and the dates are January 24th through February 2nd. 2nd. Thank you, Eddie. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Janice, delightful. And I looked, are you going to the TCM Festival? I surely am, yes. I will. Then I will see you there. I'll buy you a drink. All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you so much. Okay. Very, very good. Great talking to you. Thank you. You too. Thank you. You've been listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies. And my guest today has been the czar of noir and Turner Classic Movies host of Noir Alley, Eddie Muller. And uh, thank you for listening to the show. If you've missed any of the shows, all the shows are archived on thejampriceshow.com, the iHeart Podcast channel, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and YouTube, and on your smart TV. Thank you all for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.